वेलकम टू दिस एपिसोड ऑफ वुमेन टू वुमेन पॉडकास्ट सीरीज आर गेस्ट टुडे इज कल्पना पटेल कल्पना पटेल ऑफ कापू पटेल फोटोग्राफी इज न्यू जर्सीज फाइनेस्ट एंड अवार्ड विनिंग फोटोग्राफर कापू पटेल फोटोग्राफी हेल्प्स यू रिकनेक्ट रेन्यू एंड रीइग्नाइट योर रिलेशनशिप विद योर सेल्फ एंड विद योर लव्ड वंस थ्रू पोर्ट्रेट्स दे बिलीव इन एंपावरिंग पीपल थ्रू पोर्ट्रेट्स प्रायर टू टेकिंग अप फोटोग्राफी फुल टाइम कल्पना हैज बीन अ सीनियर एग्जीक्यूटिव इन द फार्मास्यूटिकल इंडस्ट्री फॉर मोर देन 20 ईयर्स वर्किंग इन टेक्निकल पोर्टफोलियो मैनेजमेंट अलाइन management project management and product development kalpana has worked for companies such as johnson and johnson abil pharmaceuticals and shinkai therapeutics kalpana has a msc in pharmaceutical sciences from duquesne university and a phd in pharmaceutics from university of iowa hi kalpana welcome to women to women podcast series we're so glad to have you here with us today i'm excited to be here and thank you for inviting me i look forward to our conversation you have been doing photography for the past few years and by the way amazing work i checked out your website it's a big surprise because i know you doing other things so clearly you had a photographer somewhere in you how did you get here and what was your journey getting to this point so i always did photography as a passion all my adult life i should say and i used to sell nature prints to support charitable causes such as homelessness and then during hurricane sandy I offered family portraits as part of giving back to the community and I decided I loved it so much I wanted to pursue it every single day and so here we are. Did you actually get um certain kind of training to become a photographer or was it just passion that you developed over time and learned it yourself? So I think my approach to learning photography is a little bit different. So there's always a theory in the technique of using the lighting and what not right so all those things i built it up in chunks i'm a very hands on learner like i don't learn through youtube and video classes and things like that so i tried that but what i started doing was taking intensive workshops so it would be like a week long all day workshop couple times a year on different topics within within the technique of photography and that's how i built my skill sets but i think more importantly actual technical aspect is probably 10% of what i do in photography 90% of it is just getting to know the individual and that is something that you don't learn in books so i'm i'm a constant learner connecting with people trying to be this creative person but also trying to establish a business in this creative field how has that been and what were some of your lessons learned there if you are going to be running a business in a creative field one of the most important thing is to understand self value like what are you worth what is it that you're creating that is worth right and then understanding that value yourself it helps you to uh, express that value to your potential client because creative fields are such that you can buy a fine piece of art in an art gallery and you can find a print at home goods right so the the person who is buying your work has to see the value and the difference and they need to value it too but most importantly you need to value yourself and a lot of artists fail to do that when you're in the creative field because they say it's just something i created right So once coming to that place then that helps you figure out whether you want to then do it as a business or you want to run it as a hobby because you cannot do I personally feel like those are two distinct things 
And running a business should be run like a real business. You need to understand your cost of goods. You need to understand, you know, what your PL looks like. You need to understand how you are going to grow. You need to make sure you have a marketing budget to do this. And that's how you grow, like the standard things of running a business. And that's not to say as a creative, you need to have strengths and everything. One of the main things I would say is to make sure that you don't spend your energy trying to learn all those things. You're good at creating something amazing. That's what you focus on. And there are all these other people who are running supportive businesses who can help you get to those places. You also have a tagline, right? Empowering people through portraits, which is very unique way of looking at it, right? It's usually you think it's it's a picture, but you're saying, no, you're going to empower them. So what is that concept and how did that come about? Divya, when was the last time you were photographed as an individual? Just Divya. Oh, while well, like. And how did it make you feel when you were, you photographed and somebody captured your true essence? The company had a photographer come in to do the portraits, like the headshots. And uh, it was quite fun, actually. It wasn't the typical just backdrop and do it. They actually took us around the building, took different shots, and they talked a lot. So that was that was very nice because you felt they were vested in your success and to show the best part of you, right, on camera. That was a very nice feeling, but that was a while back. Yeah, that was the last time. And that's what it is, right? So a portrait, um, and particularly nowadays with social media and filters and uh, how media portraits, you particularly in magazines, fashion magazines, we have as a society started to define beauty in a certain box. And that's the, the barrier that myself and our studio intends to break because we're each beautiful. When we feel strong about ourselves and our light shines, we're each beautiful. And when we know that that's who we are, it doesn't matter what the latest Vogue magazine shows as a size two lanky woman who's wearing a certain, you know, outfit. I feel beautiful as who I am. And that's what the feeling you want to give everybody who walks through our studio. So that's the top thing that we talk about empowering people through portraits. So when your portrait is taken and you see yourself in that light, you stand two inches taller, your head is higher, and you feel confident not just in um, the picture itself, but you you know the power that comes from within you. So no matter which room you walk into, you have that in you to know that you are here to own the space and you have the right to own the space. So you basically had a very successful pharma career. How is it different, like having a corporate career versus doing something on your own? It is very different because partly I was not in the business end on the pharma side. I was a scientist, right? And in those days, it was a little bit different too. There was not so many networking opportunities or if you network, you networked with other scientists. So running a business like this, which is direct to consumer, like a B2C kind of business, knowing where to find your clients, you know, it's not like you build it and they will come. That's what I thought initially, like, hey, I will put my pictures out there and people will come. It's not about that at all, right? First of all, finding what it is, what is the story that you're trying to help people tell about themselves and then and then communicating that. My coach always says great clients are not found, they are made. Uh, and that's something that is a work in progress every single day, which is not like when you're a scientist, you, create, you, know, you have an experiment, you run it, you know the outcome, you're testing a hypothesis, it's a yes or no, you move on. 
But here you don't move on because you know that there is something, there are layers that you need to kind of get to the bottom of it. So you mentioned a coach. What do you think the coach brings out in you that you would not have been able to do yourself? What is mentorship for you? Because coaching is kind of a mentorship. So how is that different for you? And what's your take on that? So I look at um, both of them slightly differently. In particular, I have a business coach. And again, because, you know, I'm a creative, I need to build my business and my business coach is there and it's a tremendous help. So if you're starting out a creative business and you haven't got a business coach, that should be first on your checklist, that and an accountant. (laughs) Uh, But my business coach really truly challenges me to look at things from a perspective that from my tunnel vision, from a creative vision, I'm not looking at and helps guide me to find the answers myself. I guess mentors are similar too, but mentors sometimes are not a paid position. So these are people that we look up to and we reach out to and we help or, you know, I can be a mentor to somebody and it's at a different level whereas coach has a very vested interest in you growing your business too. I also like in a corporate culture, I think a mentor is a great idea, right? Like as women in particular, we have mentors who help us guide through the challenges that we face in our growth. But I also feel that you also need an ambassador, which is somebody who's not a mentor, who's not interacting with you on a day-to-day basis but they know the the strength in you so that when they are in a room where neither you nor your mentor are present, if there is a discussion about you, they are going to talk about you in a positive light and help elevate you. So more like sponsors. Sponsors, yeah. Yeah, sponsors, exactly. That's the word. You mentioned you were scientists by training. So what did you go to school for? And what were the different career options you evaluated? at that point when you were young? So I grew up in India in the 70s. So I was either going to be a doctor or an engineer. And somehow I ended up in a pharmacy school because I was a rebel and I'm like, I'm not being a doctor or an engineer. And so my undergrad is in pharmacy. I did my master's in pharmaceutical sciences in the US and my PhD in pharmaceutical sciences in the US. And a lot of the career path if you have a PhD in pharmaceutical sciences was to be in the lab and as a scientist, right? But I had a great opportunity to work for some great companies and wonderful mentors and sponsors. I was um, in Johnson Johnson for 10 years. And it's a great company where you could actually, you have the opportunity to do lateral moves and do everything. I got an opportunity to work closely with marketing or market research or portfolio planning. So it gave me an understanding of not just being in the lab and being a scientist, but to build a brand. And that helped me to one day quit and say, I'm going to start my own pharma company with a friend. And we did that. And we licensed out a couple of uh, products that we launched. And then I decided I was going to be a photographer. So I became a photographer. And that friend with whom I had started a company started another company. And so I'm back there again, you know, trying to build this portfolio too. I have a passion for both clearly photography, something that really speaks to me. And so I pursued it. I want to say that we times are different. Like you don't need, even if you have a PhD on the science side, you have lots of opportunities to look at things. I have friends who've gotten their MBAs and now they are into 
the marketing side. And, it, you know, it's a great combination. So pursue whatever speaks to you. So if you had to go back and redo some of what you had done, what is one or two things that you would change? On my scientific pharma corporate side, I would have been my own spokesperson more often. And I think times are different now, but I I was always under the impression that, you know, I do great work. They'll find me, right? It doesn't work like that. You are your biggest spokesperson and you need to make sure that you're there showing your work off, not only just showing your work off and also be present upfront, like raise your hands, try challenging things, right? On the business end, I think um, some of the things I would have done was really focused on what my core competency was and then outsource everything else. So like one of the biggest example, I'll tell you, I tried to build my own website. I have no clue how coding is done, right? But invest in your business so that some of these things are taken care of so that you can focus on really what you're strong at. I wish somebody had told me early on. But anyways, I found the right person later on to tell me and I moved out. So all good. So how was your childhood? And I know in India, as you mentioned earlier, you know, they're like, two mainstreams. And you definitely did not go on either of those two mainstreams. You were able to rebel and kind of go to this third stream. So how were you brought up to get to that point? I think um, childhood was very different. It was, I come from what is called um, lower middle income family in India, raised joint family, um, lots of um, responsibilities on my dad's head with other brothers, sisters, their family, grandparents. A wonderful childhood because I grew up in this big house in the old city with grandma and grandpa, uncles, aunts, cousins. They're my best friends. They live around the corner here in New Jersey and I wouldn't have it any other day. But I also grew up in the 70s and knowing that there were no opportunities for people in India at the time. So my path was to get an education into the sciences, which is where I ended up taking my suitcase and saying, I'm going to America for my graduate school and I'm not coming back ever again, which would have been, you know, and I don't know, things would have been different now because now in my whole family's here. So now I really don't have a reason to go back, but it was very driven by a strong need for a higher education and making your life through education, which is a very different idea right now. So I can't even compare. It was a great childhood. I mean, I come from a community where when you get most women either get married in their second, third year of college or whatever, right? I didn't have those pressures. I was like, okay, you want to go do your PhD in America? Go. Like I had a lot of liberty. So it was fantastic. That's wonderful. And who helped you really shape your life? My husband. He is my biggest supporter in everything that I do. And are you going to make me cry? It is for a woman at the age of 52 saying, you know, I want to build a career in photography and I want to do this and have weekends. And my, my studio is in my house. And to say, you know, here you are. Sometimes he helps me hangs up backdrop if I need to. And he has his own flourishing career in pharma, but he's, he's my biggest supporter. How did you meet him? I've known him since, um, high school oh wow so he's really known you for a long time (laughs) yeah yeah and we both did our undergrad pharmacy together we both did our phds together we worked in the pharma field together and uh, it just is it's great because i mean i don't know who is going to listen to this story but even today there are people who say photographer 
really? Like you got your PhD and now you're not working and you're a photographer? But he supports me in everything that I do. And it's just, it's fantastic. And, and I think as they say, you know, every successful man has a woman behind. I think behind every successful woman, you have a very strong man. Because not yes. only are you supporting your wife, you're also, a lot of times there is this whole society pressure, right? That sometimes you may not deal with, but they do. And they, they have to also push that back and say, no, it's it's our family and we'll do what we want to do, right? So yeah. that's, that's awesome. And you know, working as a photographer in September, October, November, December, every evening, every Saturday, every Sunday, nonstop. And when I come home from a photo shoot, it's a nice dinner waiting for me. I'll take that any day. Yes. So that's the other thing, right? Like find somebody in your life who is going to really respect you for who you are. I know we're talking career challenges, but I think this is this is a very important message. Yeah, no, it's the most important decision you'll ever make, right? Finding the right partner is all important. Yeah. Looking back all through your life, were there certain instances where you kind of had to face challenges based on typical perceptions about women? And how did you handle those challenges? Sometimes rebelliously <laughs> and sometimes ignoring them, but uh, and then, then sometimes really managing the right way. But I'll tell you, my first job of, of my PhD, I had interviewed it um, in Jersey with the big pharma company. And the gentleman sitting across the table asked me, will your husband let you work? Thank you very much. It was great knowing you. And I left. So that that's the perception that has changed now significantly. Photography is still a very, very man's world. You know, people are used to women photographers who probably will meet you in a park and take some photos for you. And, you know, like put them to you in a CD. There you go. I mean, and I know amazing women photographers who are running fantastic businesses, right? Even within our area. It's, it's a perception that is changing now because most of the time as a woman, if you say you're a photographer, they're like, oh, great hobby. I say, no, it's a business. There's a distinct difference between a hobby and a business. And I said that before. And uh, a woman running a successful photography studio is is something that we continue to change perceptions on and I'm looking forward to the next 10-15 years and breaking those boundaries and I hope more young women who want to run a successful photography studio call me. That's true because you've done it you've been there. Looking back are there certain things that as women you think we should be working on more in terms of you know gaining skills attributes attitude? First and foremost never start a statement with I'm sorry but I'm sorry I'm late or I'm sorry, like remove that word all the time. Thank you for waiting for me instead of saying I'm sorry. And secondly, I think we have to start saying no. We don't say no often enough because once we say no, we know what our boundaries are so we can focus on ourselves as part of our growth too. And that actually, you know, we do great job with our careers. We give a thousand percent of ourselves to our work, our homes. And now even like, you know, we take care of ourselves too, health, fitness, wellness, whatever it may be. But we also need some downtime where we're not doing anything, right? that time to connect, just being. We've stopped just being. So just being is something that we need to do more of. Coincidentally, we were just talking about this, like, I grew up in India too. In summers, we had no summer camps. 
both my parents worked. So we literally had a mango tree in our backyard and we would just sit underneath whichever mango, you know, the green ones fall down. You just cut it and eat. That's all I did. So we absolutely did nothing. And then I see kids now, you know, even my kids, it's like summer college, they are doing courses, this internship, that job. And I'm like, why can't you just sit? And they always make a joke. They're like, ma, because we don't have a mango tree in our backyard. Oh, well, we'll have to grow a beech tree <laughs> or something like that. But also, I think even while raising children, right, we, we don't, our child's progress sheet or whatever you want to call it is not the same as the next door child's, right? So there should be no parallel mirroring similarities in there. Each one has its own path and we're scheduling ourselves or scheduling our children. I also, this may sound a little weird, but I've started saying no to a lot of social events too, because we feel like we have to do it because somebody says so. But then when are we going to time find time for ourselves, you know? That's true. So last year, there was just so much focus and about, you know, mental wellness, our well-being, the work-life balance because of COVID and how everybody was kind of stuck at home. How did you handle all of that? So as a small business that was actually closed for months on end, there was a lot of stress. But having said that, I had a full house, which I truly, truly, truly enjoyed, right? Like how often am I going to get... My kids and my friend's son was with us. And my husband was here. And so that part was good. I think within a week or two, um, from a professional standpoint, I decided that I was going to use this time to make a difference. And uh, we had this campaign called Our Front Doors Are Closed, But Our Hearts Are Open. We photographed families on their front doors. I drove around for almost three months Every two, three days, I would have a route and we interviewed families. So we didn't just take their photograph, right? We talked to families at length, finding out how they were, what their situation was, how they were coping with it. But more importantly, what is that silver lining they're seeing in there? And then we told their stories with their portraits through our media, however we communicated to the masses within our studio. And we asked them to donate money to Homefront because we said our front doors are closed, but our hearts are open. So let's do something for people who can't pay rent. And it was great. We raised close to $5,000 for in those two months. And then we uh, rolled that initiative with our Stronger Together campaign, where we did the same thing for small businesses. So we met them outside their closed doors and we interviewed them. And really the idea there was that we would help inspire other businesses who are facing challenges as to how these people are, what, how are they pivoting? Pivot is a bad word now, apparently it was okay that those days. But, um, you know, what is, a, a friend of mine had this show called The Show Must Go On. So how are they, how is their show going on? How are they managing? Because uh, we wanted to inspire other small businesses to learn from other businesses. And so we did that campaign too. And <laughs> surprisingly, I had no time to sleep in those months that we were closed so but what a wonderful initiative like it's so close to what you're doing but then has a huge impact yeah and i i thrive on photographing people so if there was no one in front of my lens i had to find people to be in front of my lens so that's how what we did and it kind of helped me you know it was it was more empowering for me also right like i wasn't just looking at that studio that was closed day in and day out i wanted to make a difference and challenge like just being in front of people and through the mask or whatever it was it, it was a good great learning experience for us 
So that's wonderful. So your studio was closed, but you took the studio outdoors. Yeah. And then we actually built an outdoor studio for kids who were graduating in the high school. We drove around the neighborhoods and took bus stop, like anything to help keep memories alive for people. You know, we built a little backdrop in the backyard and had outdoor studio for kids who wanted cap and gown photos or whatever it may be. Because the those kids really had a rough senior year last year. Yeah, I know. And your son was part of yeah, it. And your daughter part too, of it. Right? Yeah. They didn't have a prom. They didn't have graduation. Yeah. They missed every big event that's usually associated with senior year. But Divya, I will tell you what, through my interviews, what I found that the kids were very resilient. I'm so impressed with this generation. They knew that there were bigger things at stake. And yes, they were disappointed, but they were so gracious with the way they accepted it and they moved forward. As mothers, it is hard for us because we were waiting for those milestones for 18 years but the kids did they were just so 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 gracious absolutely echo that sentiment if i were in their place i keep telling them you know you guys are much much stronger than i was at your age and i think like i had seen everything by the time i was 18 19 but then these kids have seen so much more we never saw a pandemic so yeah definitely strong so in closing any closing thoughts for our listeners wake up every day with a smile on your face no matter what the day brings and go to bed satisfied. Very well said. Well, Kalpana, thank you for your time and all the great advice and all of your experiences. This will be extremely helpful for our listeners. So thank you so much. Divya, I cannot believe that you reached out to me and we reconnected and it has been a tremendous pleasure. So I'm grateful to you for helping me tell my story to other women woman to woman that's great (laughs) that's what it is thank you so much thank you